1: That's right, when you don't know what to do, just keep on breathing. From the City of Angels in Los Angeles and the Big Apple in New York City, welcome to all my listeners out there in Radio Land. I am Dave, the Caregiver's Caregiver at caregiverdave.com, along with my lovely co-host Adrian Gruberg at the thecaregiverspace.org. Coming to you live and on demand 24-7 on 21 global audio and video platforms including, are you ready for the list? iHeartRadio, iTunes, YouTube, Spreaker, SoundCloud, HealthyLife.net, Vimeo, Stitcher, BlogTalkRadio, MixCloud, ListenNotes, Blueberry, PlayerFM, Podcast.com, VIPInternetRadio, TuneIn.com, Facebook Live, Owl's Tale, U-Book, Castbook, CastBox, and of course, CaregiverDave.com. And we're proud to be voted number one caregiver podcast of the top 50 on Player FM, as well as one of the top six best podcasts by Caring.com, as well as number three podcast out of thousands of, of caregiver podcasts on Feedspot. And we have an exciting show planned for you today, don't we, Adrian? Yes, we do. Five tips to relieve back pain, lower back pain. And who doesn't have lower back pain? Who doesn't have back pain? Everybody, especially caregivers, they're lifting up heavy people and and lugging them around, and helping them transfer, helping them put on, be put on the toilet. Uh, but before we get started on this great show today, I want to take this moment to thank my last week's guest, Dr. Jenny Shea. She is professor of SEMS Foundation Endowed Chair in Cell Biology and director of the UTSA Brain Health Consortium. So, in other words, she's a very smart person, and it's a very <laughs> good show. And you just want to tune in. Uh, All my shows are uh, available for you to tune in on all those platforms that I just mentioned on our membership website, caregiverdave.com. All right, enough of that. Dr. Winifred Bragg is an expert in providing non-surgical treatment for injuries and pain resulting from spine and orthopedic conditions. Her mission is to knock out pain non-surgically with as little medication as possible, A nationally recognized speaker, Dr. Bragg has appeared on numerous TV and print media programs and has been featured on ABC, NBC, and Fox. She is board certified in physical medicine, rehabilitation, and pain medicine, and she is a best-selling author of Knockout Pain Secrets to Maintain a Healthy Back, and I believe her website is also knockoutpain.com, if I'm not mistaken. So welcome to the show, Dr. Bragg. So excited to have you on.
2: Well, thank you, Dave, for having me
1: My pleasure, and I just want to say we ask all of our guests here on the Caregiver Dave show um, Who is Dr. Bragg and why was she placed on this earth? We'll start with that one
2: I think God put me on this earth because I'm a person that loves to talk My uh, (laughs) aunt used to always say, girl, you talk so much (laughs) <laughs> and so I'm the microphone. I'm the mouth for a whole lot of people. And so I speak for people who sometimes can't speak for themselves. And mm-hmm. I really enjoy that. And that's why I'm a, a speaker, a doctor, and I like educating people. And that's why I thank God put me here.
1: Wow. That was a great answer.
2: Well, you pretty much tell who Dr. Bragg is. Dr. Bragg is a uh, physician in the Hampton Roads, Virginia Beach, Norfolk area. I've been here for over 20 years, treating people who have musculoskeletal pain, back pain, shoulder, knee and hip pain, but primarily uh, back pain. I uh, grew up in uh, Birmingham, Alabama, trained at the University of Alabama, and then had uh, training at Meharry Medical College and the University of Michigan. And then I settled down and been in this gorgeous place called Hampton yeah. Roads for over 20 years.
1: Wow. Were you just going to say something, Adrian?
0: No, I just, I was in Norfolk, I like, I have family down there Oh, she was in there. Norfolk Yeah, got Norfolk family, Virginia in
1: Norfolk. And I was in Virginia, wow. too I did, uh, I did uh, WUSA um, on, I think it was CBS, we did a radio uh, TV spot there So I love Virginia, it's a nice place, and I was also in Roanoke, Virginia, on the other side oh, of the wow. state And that's just a quaint little Hooterville-looking kind of place. Don't you agree? It is.
0: It (laughs) is. Very, very nice
1: place. And so um, I wanted to ask you some questions. Uh, Were you a caregiver at one point? Because our audience are burned-out caregivers, and we just like to know if you're one of us, you know?
2: Well, a few years ago, Dave, unfortunately, my mother was injured during a a medical procedure and was subsequently Mm. unable to walk, and I became her caregiver. I had been a doctor then for uh, approximately 15, 20 years, but I tell you something. When a doctor takes on the caregiver role, it teaches you a whole different perspective. That has really made me a better doctor because I learned that a lot of things that I would tell people, do this, do this, do that. I had to rethink some of those things because caregivers do get tired and caregivers do get stressed. And yet caregivers have the responsibility of providing care, but they also have to keep the the patient or the person that they're caring for motivated as well as keeping themselves motivated so that they can be an excellent caregiver. So yes, I still uh, assist in the care of my mother. I have two sisters, and they help as well, and so we're all uh, caregivers. She was injured uh, she's in okay 2013, now. and she's walking uh, better now, but not independently. She still needs us to uh, help her. Before the injury, she was a vibrant lady who loved to go to Macy's and shop and drive, but she's not able to do any of that now. She has wow. to have a walker and can only walk uh, certain short distances. She does, can't, does she
1: uh, live at home? still? Yes,
2: she's able to live at home, right. Does anybody we live to, with her? Right. We had to modify our homes and put in, you know, raised toilets, uh, wraps. We had to put in rails and then, you know, chairlifts and all of those kind of things, stair lifts, yeah. mm-hmm. because she can't walk up steps and all of that, do the cooking and all of those kind of things.
1: Now you keep saying we. I assume you have some siblings, huh?
2: Yeah, but what my oh, mother my- does is she has three daughters, so she may... Stay with me uh, for three months and then she lives with my other sisters and lives primarily now with my sister in Indiana. And then she'll come and stay with me some and my other sister. But initially. She's always she with was injured, someone. Always with someone. And, and, and how injured, old is she? Initially, she is now 81. Mm-hmm. God bless
1: her. So, do you worry about her?
2: I worry about her. Yes, I do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: I, that's she's, She used to worry about you Now it's your turn to worry about her <laughs> and, <now> I, <laughs>
2: and she says she has three bosses My sisters and I uh, we are, uh, She says she just has three bosses And she's cognitively intact And she says, listen Just because blessing. I can't walk like I used to <laughs> I want you to know that my mind is still working And so that uh, allows her time to you know, not want to do what we ask her to do because right. she wants us to know that she's still the mother.
1: Well, yeah. I assume she's doing exactly what you would be doing if you were in her place. Am I wrong?
2: I tell you what she told me when she was living <laughs> with me primarily the first year after her injury. She said, "Listen, how did I get so unlucky to have to live with the pain, doctor?" Unlucky. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, <laughs> so I said, "I said, how do you mean?" Because at that point, she was having excruciating back pain and all of this. Oh. And in the mornings I would ask her, what's your pain on a scale zero to ten? Didn't I tell you that yesterday? I said, but today is a new day, mother. <laughs> 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 and when I would ask her that, how did I get so unlucky to have to live with the pain doctor asking me that pain scale? That's what I'm trying to judge how you're doing. And, uh, yeah. you, know, and she, you know, she's...
1: And um, you know, like you says, uh, as soon as she says, "Listen," you know that uh, you better <laughs> brace, brace yourself.
2: I better brace. I better brace myself. That's right. Or if she calls me my whole name, then I know I better brace myself. Uh,
1: what is your whole name?
2: What if we Diane brag? And she'll say, What if we Diane brag? Then I know, listen, <laughs> she is tired of whatever I'm saying then.
0: <laughs>
2: and then my mother is an excellent cook. I'm not so excellent. Oh, and so I she... would tell her, Mom, where do you want to get your food from? And she believes that in order to get better, you need home cooking. I'm like, now, This is going to be a problem here. <laughs> and is so from is her, home
1: cooking healthy, in your
2: opinion? It was healthier, and so from her wheelchair, she had to teach me how to cook. I mixed some of those lessons when I was away in medical oh, school,
0: right. and
2: so she taught me how to cook because she used to say, your your patient is sick. This is what she would say. Not to brag, your patient is sick and <laughs> hungry. Are you still fixing that breakfast you started an hour and a half ago? <laughs> she was yell at me. I said, don't you smell it? She said, But I need to take my medicine and I want some food. So she had to teach me how to get things done in a in a quicker way. So uh, after a year with that, I really must say I got much faster. And she even said things taste mm-hmm. better now. And
1: she seems to have <laughs> the gift of sarcasm and uh, cynicism, it seems like.
2: Oh yes, she does. She does. Yeah. But she was she is a great cook. And so, you know, I and can't. And one day you will
1: be go. a great cook, yes.
2: One day I'll be a great cook. But she told my sisters. How much better I got when she was uh, with good. me for a time. Yeah. Okay. But she well,
1: we, did promised, say got we, we promised uh, pay, uh, caregivers that are experiencing back pain that they're going to get five tips. So what? Let's get right into this. What is the first tip that you would tell caregivers that uh, that they don't have to live with this back pain? Uh, by the way, before you answer that, um, how's your mother's back pain on a scale of one to ten today?
2: her back pain is about a 4 on a 1 to 10 and she's and what, was worst, what was the worst
1: what was the worst it's ever been?
2: A 10 which is excruciating mm. pain.
1: Well, that right. is yeah. in, you know I have pain in my feet cuz I have arthritis and uh, sometimes uh-huh. they were 10 now it's like a 3 sometimes a 4 and that's a right. blessing to go from a 10 to 3 or 4. I can I can live with 3 or 4. You can live with that.
2: Right. I wish it was 1 but
1: I could live with it.
2: And she doesn't have to take any pain medicine and yeah, and that's a blessing, so. Yeah, geez, and I don't ma- either. Ma- I don't drive, take pain drive, medicine drive, either on a three
1: or four. Drive. So what? Uh, what's tip number one for, for all these listeners who are in pain, and maybe they're at a 10 and they want to get down to a three or four, or even better?
2: Well, one of the first things I tell people about back pain, people don't realize that sitting, what you and I are doing right now, Dave, if we do it prolonged sitting, increases back pain. After about an hour and a half, two hours, I say, get up, walk to the kitchen, get up and do some stretches, do something. If you like watching television, doing the commercials, walk, go to the bathroom, walk to the kitchen, do something to to relieve the stress off of your back because prolonged sitting increases back pain. And I know there's so much to be uh, true because my mother loves to sit in a recliner. My sister has a gorgeous, nice recliner. And I will call her and say, Mom, have you been up uh, on your walker and walking around? And she says, oh, yes, I have. My sister says, oh, no, she hasn't. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> she
1: tells fibs too, huh? And,
2: and that's right. And I said, she said, it's too many bosses. When you get a caregiver, <laughs> she said, too many bosses. And I, she says, what, are you spying on me? How do you know about She says, I'm watching you, and you haven't been up. And she would say, and she told you, you need to be up. And so she says, "Oh, my back hurt." It's hurting my sister said, and she's been in that chair more than 2 hours just sitting there watching her soap operas. And so the first <laughs> thing is to get up. After an hour and a half, 2 hours, and take a break. And you will find that that works. You could do some stretches. If you're over 50 years old, I say lay down on the sofa, on the get a a, a mat, lay on the floor and bring one knee to your chest and that's going to maybe help you to relieve some pain because you may have a condition called stenosis if the caregiver is over 50 years old. That's just a common thing for people over 50. I can't say what they have, but do some stretches. Knee to chest. Do what they taught us in elementary school, the hamstring stretches, where you take one leg and put it in a chair and reach down and touch your toes, and and you'll feel it in the back pulling. So you want to do some stretches, and that would be a good tip. The same thing would be um, true is that you don't want to do repetitive things. For instance, if you're putting dishes in your cabinet, put a few up in the cabinet after you wash the dishes and put them up, and then stop and do something else. Just don't do the same thing over. Make the bed up a little bit and finish making the bed, but don't keep doing repetitive bending and twisting. Those kind of maneuvers can increase your back pain. And as a caregiver, you want to be very careful in how you lift your person that you're taking care of. Always lift a person with them close to your body, never with outstretched arms, because that's going to increase what we call lever arm, L-E-V-R, and that's going to increase the stress on your back. Yeah. So bring them and do it close to you.
1: Wow. Now, there's many different kinds of chairs, and a lot of them are on the market who claim that they don't cause back pain. Uh, ergonomic, I think, is the term for them. Um, what do
0: Ergonomic. Uh,
1: thank you, Adrian. Ergonomic. A
0: <laughs> like I uh, e- R. E R. No, E R. I know, but they spell
1: it wrong. It it sounds like A-R, air. A I R. Right.
0: Oh yes, that's right, like Dave.
1: Yes, yeah, so and Dave, they, they when you invent right, you know. when what? you
2: admit your chair, you call it ergonomic. Oh! Invent, invent your own chair and call it ergonomic. It'll be your chair. <laughs> so how come that's you right. don't have?
1: How come you don't have your mother <laughs> sit in an ergonomic chair? Is it because you know uh, you know how they say you can't teach an old dog new tricks? That chair is so strange. It's like I ain't sitting in that thing. I mean, is that kind of the attitude of older people when you show them a chair that's going to help them that doesn't look like a chair? <laughs>
2: Right. The first thing my mom says, my mom was a bookkeeper most of her adult life. She's going to say, what is the price of that ergonomic chair? And when she finds that, she's going to say, leave the ergonomics in the store. Uh, There are some very good ergonomic chairs, but you can kind of do the same thing in your home if that cost is prohibited for you by buying a $15 lumbar roll from Amazon, Walmart, or any store, and put it in a small part of your back when you're sitting in your chair at home. That's what I do to my, for my mom. You certainly can buy an ergonomic chair, all jokes aside, and they can work fine. But, you know, caregiving can be expensive. That's one of the things that I learned firsthand, that when yeah. you're getting these all these chairs and stair lifts and ramps and all of that, I was surprised even as a doctor to find that most insurance companies didn't pay for that stuff. The ramps they didn't pay for, the stair lifts they didn't pay for. All of those stair lifts and things come at a, a pretty costly price. I was trying to tell the guy about how my mom had Medicare, and he was saying, I don't need to hear that. I said, well, you need to know so we get this stuff. He says, no, I don't. These things are cash <laughs> products. So if you're looking at that, it works very well, and you can put that $15 lumbar roll in the small of your back. So I try to tell people cost-effective things, because you're already overwhelmed with taking care of someone and the expenditures that come with it as well. And if you don't want to buy the lumbar roll, you can also take like a hand towel, roll it up, and also put it in the small of your back and use that as you're sitting down. And you will see. You can also just go to a store and get a chair that has somewhat of an exaggerated lumbar uh, area in the back of the chair and you won't have to pay those expensive costs.
1: All right. Well, it's time for a break, and we covered one tip so far, and that is uh, to keep moving. I mean, we're almost like the tin man in The Wizard of Oz, right? It, it, during a rainstorm, if he doesn't move, he's going to rust uh, in place. Can. You get the right. Oil can. That's so, <laughs> right.
0: That's right.
1: So keep moving. Don't just keep sitting in one place. Don't just do repetitive things all at one time and so on. So we're going to be right back. Don't go away.
3: Well, we know the holidays can pose all sorts of challenges. And if you're a caregiver, it can even be more stressful. So how do you navigate it all? Well, We get advice from a TED Talk pro who has spent years taking care of his sick wife. And he says to really be the best caregiver you can be, it starts with taking care of yourself.
1: This for ten years? How do you do it? Good. God?
3: I guess so. Meet an optimistic and bubbly Charlene Nassany. She lost her speech and became paralyzed on the right side of her body at the age of 52.
1: So you know how to make dolls? Yes. And toll painting? Yes. And a seamstress? Yes. And a gourmet cook? Yes. And it go on and on and on, huh? Uh,
3: oh, oh, uh, uh, um,
1: the list uh, is long. These are all your cookbooks.
3: Yes. Charlene's husband Dave has documented much of their lives, and over the years he's learned how to care for her.
1: Getting ready to go travel because the kids were old enough and we were empty nesters, and she complains that she's had this headache for three days.
3: The headache was the first sign. Within days, Charlene had a stroke that turned their lives upside down.
1: We almost broke up because we were just so stressed out. I was grieving the loss of my wife. She was grieving the loss of her body, but I hung in there.
3: Dave says the days were long, but he didn't begin to truly cope until he joined a support group. I met people
1: there just like me, burned out caregivers. And so I learned that if I didn't take care of me, I couldn't take care of my wife.
3: His message is something he now takes all over the country through best-selling books, a popular podcast, and TED Talks. I didn't
1: want people to go through the pain I went through. I didn't want them to suffer like I did. I didn't want them to, to give up like I almost gave up. Caregivers need to learn how to become selfish if they want to survive.
3: Becoming selfish to Dave means asking for specific help, putting your needs first, and learning when to say yes and no. Family therapist Alicia Taylor of Pinnacle Peak Recovery agrees. In fact, according to AgingCare.com, 30% of caregivers die before the person they're caring for. That could be the result of added stress, guilt, and feelings of isolation.
1: Get over that silly notion, if you can't do it all by yourself, you're a failure as a caregiver. That attitude will kill you.
3: It's been 23 years now, and Dave and Charlene are still navigating their new normal together. She still doesn't walk, and can't communicate in full sentences. But Dave says their lives are full, and he reminds himself to live in gratitude each
1: day. Changed my life for the better. I am a better person as a result of this tragedy.
3: According to the Family Caregiver Alliance, about forty-four million people in the United States provide unpaid care to an adult or child. The group also says most people are not prepared for the role. And sadly, they're they're doing this alone. Yeah, it's it is tough. tough.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, we are back with Dr. Winifred Bragg. And I'm Dave Nassani, and I'm here with my co-host, Adrian Gruberg, and we're on the Caregiver Dave show, and we're talking about back pain. Who doesn't have back pain? Everybody has back pain. So tip number one is if you're sitting, don't sit for long periods of time. Maybe one hour, hour and a half. What if they have an ergonomic chair? Can they sit longer than an hour and a half or two hours? Or do you recommend? No, you still
2: now? should move anyway. You still should move. So you're uh, saying don't, after hour. don't
1: don't be like the Tin Man and and just stay there because uh, I'll tell you, it's, you know, I cut my thumb down to the bone one time because. Uh, I won't even tell you what stupid thing I was doing but they put a cast on it and after they took the cast off after a month I could not move my wrist and I was concerned he says oh you just have arthritis there just so I tried to move it he says move it every day and it hurt like heck and finally you know it hurt less and less and then it didn't hurt at all so I mean if if my wrist can can just freeze into a position without moving it for a month you can imagine the rest of your bodies that we don't even think about that's why it's a good right. idea to exercise, swim, stuff like that. Well, let's get to uh, tip number two. What is tip number two?
2: Well, we talked about not doing repetitive things. We kind of put that with the sitting, but we talked about if you're doing something like putting the dishes, you want to do some of them and don't keep on putting them up in the in the cabinet, that so your back hurts. So... Uh,
1: So you combined a couple of tips there, huh?
2: Yeah, I combined a couple of tips. uh, No, no, no. I combined (laughs) some tips. (laughs) All right. Okay, who's counting? But I combined some tips with that repetitive thing. And I also told you about the lifting. Don't do it with the outstretched arms. Remember that? We want to lift close to the body. That's Uh, tip number three, huh? That's tip number three now. Yeah, she's
1: really cheating here.
2: And, uh, then we also <laughs> to, and we also talk about kitchen. more
1: about about you know using leverage and, and uh, what do they say lift with your um, uh, legs. legs not your back. Legs. Explain legs. what does yeah.
2: that
0: mean?
1: Well,
2: you when you watching, what you want to think about if you've ever been to a concert or somewhere and had to use one of those porta potties. You uh-huh. want to imagine that you look at your fanny, and you don't want to touch that porta <laughs> potty. Anybody has been in there, they're not, the, <laughs> they're not the cleanest things you've ever seen, today. No. So when you're bending down, you want to sit down when you're lifting as though you're going on a porta potty and going to use it and keep your fanny off of that. That's the position you want to kind of be in when you're lifting, so that you have your back straight, your knees bent, and then you want to be able to lift with your legs so that you use your legs and not use your back with the lifting. Another thing that uh, people need to know as a caregiver, that just because they may have a white collar job, that back pain is found equally in white collar and blue collar workers. And so don't be mistaken that you have that uh, executive job, you can have as much back pain. But lift with your legs is what we wanna do. And that's why I told you about doing the stretches early of the hamstrings because yeah. that's going to warm up those muscles and that kind of thing. So It's not
1: easy It's not easy lifting with your legs if you're lifting a heavy object because now you're like in the gym with a weight thing on your shoulders and it's hard, you know, doing what do they call them knee bends? Is right. That, that's what you're asking us to do. Do a deep knee bend if you're picking uh-huh. something up. So you got to be in shape. You gotta have you know good uh, calf muscles and thigh muscles to do that, right?
2: And good core, your abdominal good muscles core. and your back muscles. You want to strengthen. You have good core muscles, is what they uh, mm-hmm. we call those. So you want to lift with your legs so that you don't have any uh, uh, back, further back injury, and and that's what's key. Otherwise, as I tell my mother all the time, you know the last thing you want to do is hurt your caregiver.
1: <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> So is this a good place to talk about exercise, or should I reserve that for tip four or five?
2: It's your show, Dave. You have the ergonomic (laughs) care, and you also have the caregiver's uh, show. So it's your show, whenever you want to talk about it.
1: Well, what is tip number four?
2: Well, I was going to tell you, a lot of times caregivers talk about um, going to physical therapy. You know, if anybody has gone... You know with their back pain a caregiver right. a caregiver might well, like
1: exercise it, too so we could talk that's about kinda both like
2: of exercise kind of talk about that and so a caregiver sometimes in this process their back feels sore when they're doing the lifting and the repetitive things and their back gets sore because they still have to do the housework and they're sweeping and taking care of the house as well and so what i want to tell them about using some ice when they feel their backs may feel sore To use ice. Mm -hmm. Makes it feel good. Ice is what I call an anti-irritant, so it decreases pain, and it also decreases spasm. A lot of us like to use heat because heat can sometimes stretch the muscles out, but the best thing if they're having spasm is to use some ice. I liken this and tell them, if you look at those million-dollar people who are playing sports, the golfers, the baseball, the basketball players, unlike us, Two pitted people. What are they using, Dave? They're using ice, but we like to resort to a heat pad. So but for the ice is too
1: cold. Is right?
0: Too cold. But you, see, uh, but you see athletes sitting in tubs full of ice.
1: Full I know. I can't they get do. my wife. I can't get my wife to to use ice at all because she's such a sissy, you know. And right. Uh, when should we use ice? And there are some times to use heat, right? One uh, takes blood away, and one brings blood in. Is that how it
0: works? Well, right. well one in, I'm sorry, one increases inflammation too, and
2: ice right. will decrease inflammation. Right, ice will decrease inflammation, and usually when we have an acute or new injury, initially when something has happened, during the first 48, 72 hours, we say use ice. And then after that, you can use heat. The truth be told is, in, a, in the case of being a caregiver, you get what I call acute on chronic exacerbations of back pain. In other words, you might have had some back pain on Monday and you are fine and it comes back again on Friday. So what do you say? Is that an old injury or whatever? I would say go back to the ice again because the ice, if you could do it for 15 minutes, a couple times during that day would decrease that. You do that with some stretches and maybe Take a anti-inflammatory or Advil or a leave if you don't have any contraindications to that. You know, I don't know all the people's history, but meaning contraindications, you're not on a blood thinner, you don't have ulcers, you don't have kidney disease. Then you could take something like an anti-inflammatory, and that will help to bridge that for uh, the caregiver. And then if it's something that's been there a while, you could do some heat and then alternate it with ice, yeah. but ice, like like uh, she said, you look at those millionaire athletes, and what are they doing? They're taking ice baths, and yet we never do that. And so ice is a big tip that I tell people, and if you could, tip number whatever, get a gel ice pack. It's gonna mm-hmm. give you mm-hmm. much, it's worth the money to pay the 20, $25 It'd to retain. get it, because it's going to retain it and do much better then you're trying to put a few cubes of ice in a towel, wet up your sofa, because then whether you got more work to do? But if you get that gel pack, put it there after you put your person to bed or have them sitting, put a little ice there and take a break yourself as the caregiver, then put that ice pack back in the freezer so it's better for the next time. And that's something that I found works very well. And if if you're a person you're caring for has some back pain, you can give them a little of the ice. Use the ice pack as well. And I was going to ask I... you,
1: freezer uh-huh. or refrigerator? And do we should should we put a uh, paper towel or something against the skin? Because sometimes you know it'll burn your skin. No, it has, it's so it burns. cold, especially if yeah, it comes out right. of the freezer. It's
0: right.
2: So you could you can take a uh, excuse me. Going on what you want to say?
0: No, you're the doctor.
1: Okay. <laughs> I'm a, yeah, it's your show
0: I may have heavy <laughs> experience with this this particular well, thing you, your doctor, We just you're know the what guest. we
1: think we know Because we don't know what we don't know
2: Okay, well you can take a pillowcase And put it inside a pillowcase and wrap it up That's nice Or you can take a hand towel or a full towel So that you do put it next to, the skin, uh, next to the skin And do it, like I said, 12 to 15 minutes And then take it off Put it back in the freezer And then do it later but the big thing, heating pads. If you use a heating pad, make sure it's a moist heating pad. And, again, 15 minutes. I can't tell you how many people I see, Dave, that have what I call a checkerboard back. You look on that back, it looks just like a checkerboard. And I'm like, have you been playing checkers on your back? And they said, what do you mean? I said you have been using a heating pad, haven't you? And they said, yes, what's wrong? Those are superficial burns. And they have buns where it is just looks just like a checkerboard. But that means they're using ice too much, too much. Yeah. One of the things, tip number five or six, or whatever tip this is, I found that it was fairly Are we moving on to
1: tip number five now?
2: Yeah. Well, we are and, right. and, I, and I think what's really important that I learned myself is to do what I call a 10-second brag. My last name is Brag, B-R-A-G-G. B-R-A-G-G. What I learned with my mother is caregivers can become somewhat despondent or get a negative attitude in the process of caregiving because you want so much for your person to get better. Sometimes you're doing all these things, and it doesn't seem like things are improving. If you're working and doing it, you're tired, you're exhausted. How do you mentally stay strong? And that was the one of the things that I learned a lot as being a caregiver. What do you do? So in the process, I learned that the, one of the first things that I would do in the morning, because my mother was someone that I was hoping was going to get better. It depends on what your state your caregiving person is in. But she was someone that I was hoping that would get better and recover somewhat. So I had to learn in the morning, I would take 10 seconds and just brag on her and talk about some <laughs> improvement that she had made in any way, you know maybe her toes, at first she was partially paralyzed and couldn't move uh, her leg that well, okay? So she couldn't move the legs that well. So as I would see the toes moving or see something getting a little stronger, I would then brag on and say, oh, mom, look at there, look what's going on now. Or she took a step and it was better than the step that she'd taken last week. Well, look at those steps. Look how long you were able to do therapy. Look what you were able to do. And then. At first, it probably was doing more for me day, maybe for than for her, because it got me to shift my mind from being negative to being positive. And when I was positive, guess what day? I was able to transfer that positivity positivity to her. And so I call it a 10-second brag. So when you get up in the morning, think about it. Just close your eyes and maybe visualize your day. Visualization, I use that. Visualize your day. Of what is one goal that you want to achieve as a caregiver today and visualize it and see it happening and then brag on your person to try to get yourself to see that you're doing something good caregivers that's a tremendous job it seems like after my mother amongst my friends was one of the first ones to be injured where I had to assume caregiving roles now my, that was been seven years ago now all of my friends are going through this caregiving stage with their parents and that's what i have taught them all to do so they call me all the time now about caregiving advice what do you do my mother then they said you know one of my friends said to me how did my mother raise five children no way i could take care of five mothers at one time and we can't do that that's a gift a mother has a father has of taking care of five children but we can't take care of five fathers or five mothers that time especially when they're like my mother's still uh competent and able to talk back to you and tell you what they aren't <laughs> going to do you follow me so found yeah, that that a role reversal that's a big thing but if you do that 10 second break you feel better you get that done and gratitude and then I was able to reflect upon that although it was a bad situation that brought us to have this time, how fortunate I was to be able to have this time with my mother uh, here with me and to Mm -hmm. tell stories of things that happened in childhood in our family. And so that was a special time. So I tell you, you know, try to think on that and think of something that's, you know, the bonding that you're getting out of that during this difficult time.
1: Yeah, that's very good. Very good. Um, Let's talk about uh, the type of exercises that caregivers should do because typically they just ignore and neglect themselves. They don't go Mm -hmm. to the gym because they, I don't have time to go to the gym, but aren't there a bunch of things that we can do? I mean, you mentioned some of them about stretching, but uh, do you recommend uh, weightlifting? I mean, because they're they're lifting their caregiver a lot or helping them Mm -hmm. transfer and stuff like that. Surely, you know, it'd be easy to get a couple of barbells and they can work their biceps, their triceps, uh, you know, what what do you recommend? Or are you into weights at all?
2: Well, well, this is what I recommend. You wrote earlier, you talked about the core Mm -hmm. and how, you know, uh, lifting with your legs and everything, you need to be in good shape. But, and I told you how your abdominal and back muscles need to be strong. An easy thing to do, and I like to do easy, especially for caregivers, because as you say, they may not be able to get to the gym or whatever. Buy one of those stability or flexibility balls. They're the big balls you see at the store. You blow them up and they're big like that. If you take that ball and sit on it, maybe when you're working at your desk or whatever, just maintaining the balance on that ball is going to help you to increase your core muscles. So that would be an easy thing that you could do. You work on the treadmill and you can get some dumbbells, or you can use your cans in your pantry, the one-pound cans or your... Uh, uh, vegetables, right. and do some bicep curls using those. You can take your broomstick and then you can do some lat pulls with your broomstick. You can go and use your steps, if you have steps in your home. Put one foot on the step and, and let it drop off, you're gonna feel the back of your leg pulling and that's gonna be stretching your calf muscles. So you can do a lot of those things just around uh using the things that you have in the home but getting that stability ball you're going to see and then you can take that ball that you were sitting on and then put it between your ankles with your legs straight lift it maybe four or five inches off the floor and guess what that's going to increase the strength of your lower abdominal muscles you'll know if it's not right because you won't feel it hurting in those lower abs below your neighbor or below your umbilicus, whatever you want to call it, Dave. You can take that same stability ball, put it next to the wall uh, and, and next to your back and do la- uh, wall slides, wall slides, going up and down the walls with that. So using that ball, you will find that your back increases and that you're getting some good exercise uh, with doing that. Another thing, take your computer. I was in a Zumba class when my mother's here with me and I couldn't get to the gym. You can go to YouTube and pull up Zumba or whatever dance routine that you like and then watch it on your computer and get in some dance routines or some aerobic exercise while your uh, person that you are caring for is resting and you can get that exercise by pulling up some exercise shows right there on YouTube. YouTube is phenomenal wow. now. I wonder how did we make it without internet, <laughs> YouTube, and all that. So you can bring the gym right there to you uh, if you're unable to make it, and that's just wonderful. I was in a Zoomer class with people half my age, and I could never do the step. They go to the right, everybody was going to the left, except they go to the left, right, and I was facing the wrong way, and I'm like, oh my God, what's gonna happen here? So after the class, I went to the teacher and I said, Help me, I'm having a problem with this step. She said, you don't say. Everybody (laughs) in the class knew I was having a problem with that maneuver. (laughs) So she readily showed me how to do it. And she says, all you have to do is go to YouTube, pull up this Zoomer (laughs) class, practice it at home. Oh, the next week I couldn't wait to get there, Dave, because I had gotten that step down. So that's Mm -hmm. what I tell the caregiver, make use of YouTube. And get uh, a routine there and let them exercise with you, and then that would be better so you don't feel that you're doing everything alone, and you can feel a little motivated with the music and get some relaxation in for you.
1: Yeah, that's that's for sure. Well, listen, we're going and, to take another break, so we'll be right back. Okay. Don't go away. We are a community of caregivers that understands and supports you wherever you are in your journey. We are a place to connect with other caregivers, but more importantly, a place to get practical, actionable help. There are lots of ways for you to get support. First of all, you can download our Welcome Pack. This will get you started on your Thrive journey. Next, you can ask and get answers to your questions by posting them here in our private Facebook groups. You can also get live online support by attending one of our live weekly Connect webinars. You can get practical, actionable advice by listening to our weekly podcast. You can hear and read other stories about other caregivers' experiences. Plus, add your own in our weekly Share Your Story forum, posted every Tuesday in the Facebook group. You can access essential resources and download practical Thrive Solutions Packs, all of which are geared to help you thrive as a caregiver you get lifetime access to all of our resources again we're here to support you and help you thrive and to enjoy your life as a caregiver and remember this is a place to get hope not just cope and we're back with dr winifred bragg and my lovely co-host adrian Kuberg. i'm dave Massani you're on the caregiver dave show at caregiverdave.com And we're talking about back pain and exercise. And I think it's great what you just said, because we don't need barbells. We don't need big, heavy things. We don't need to go out. Just get a beach ball or not a beach ball, but this particular ball, which is heavier material. Um, I don't know if you have a beach ball, maybe that's just as good. But uh, you just (laughs) mentioned, I think, 20 different exercises you can do with that beach ball. And they do come with directions because I've got one. And yeah, you're right. right. It's just a long list, and you can do this, and you can do this, and you can do this. Right. Just, oh my gosh! So, right. uh, just, listen, you're making me feel guilty because I I'm not doing mine. I'm
0: not using practice.
1: mine. Oh, so you have one new. <laughs> oh just
0: yeah. I use those,
2: and I like to be as my mom says. who's was a bookkeeper. I like to be cost effective when you do things. My mom always tells me, if a doctor prescribes something for a patient that's expensive. Yeah, I already had back pain, you just gave him a headache.
0: This is what she would tell me. <laughs> I like her.
1: She is funny. Yeah.
0: She's very would, practical. I have, have a, I have a question, Dave. Yes. From, from Winifred. Um, other than physical therapy, I mean, I've got a lot of friends with lower back pain. I've got a lot of friends with upper back pain um neck pain neck pain and there you know there are so many over-the-counter drugs right now outside of Aleve and and and, uh, ibuprofen and and you know the NSAIDs and the ibuprofen and there are the all of the different creams and you can even buy tens online which they use in physical therapy but which can scorch your skin. You've got to be careful with those. So which over-the-counter remedies would you say, in in terms of the things that you would apply, would bring the most relief? Well,
2: that's a $1 million question because what back all back pain is not the same. The differential right. diagnosis of what causes it is really uh, expansive. But what I would say you can do that's cost effective is something called biofreeze. You can buy that in the stores now. And you can rub it on your back. And again, you have to make sure you use it with ice. It's just a topical little analgesic. You can use it uh, and put it on, but make sure you use it with ice. And again, it fosters the thing of using ice again and not heat. That's one of the ones. And sometimes people do find. Uh, help with doing this, those asper creams and that kind of thing. And mineral ice. Mineral ice may work uh, well for some people as an analgesic to just uh, apply to them. So uh, those kind of things uh, uh, work well. Another thing, extra strength Tylenol. Because again, some people can't take the anti-inflammatory. So they can use extra strength Tylenol uh, and just make sure that they don't take over, Let's say 3,000, 3,200 milligrams, and you're ready to look at looking at the dose of it, 500 t- milligrams. Sure. Don't take more than six tablets a day. But anyway, extra Tylenol is something that a person could do. But you mentioned physical therapy, Agent. I think one of the things that really happens a lot with people with back pain, so many people have been to physical therapy, and they come to me, and they say, but Dr. Bragg, I know better. What happened? Just like all radio hosts aren't the same, Dave and Adrian, all physical <laughs> therapy is not created equal is what I tell people. Right. And sometimes you go to a doctor that just told a therapist, evaluate and treat. One thing about going to a pain specialist, I am a pain specialist, and a lot of people think you come to a pain specialist only if you're seeking pain medicine. No. If you're seeking someone that's going to be able to tell you the appropriate physical therapy you need. I make it a point to try to know physical therapists in my region with about a Mm -hmm. 50 mile radius. So if you live 50 miles from me, I try to know a good physical therapy center and some skills of some of the therapists there. So based upon your diagnosis, I choose the therapist that I think is best for you. Because like you said, some of your friends have mid back pain. They don't need to do the same thing to someone with low back. The person who has spinal stenosis, the reason I put that, because that's just, uh, again, a diagnosis where people over 45, 50 commonly have, and typically (laughs) that's the caregiver age. So that's why I chose that one. You may think about spinal stenosis if you're in the store buying groceries, and as soon as you get to the store, you seem to get the cart. You can't wait to get that cart, to lean over (laughs) the cart. Have you seen anybody, heard anybody like that? But when they stand up straight me so you probably have a degree of spinal stenosis. Just a disease uh, condition that says, the Lord has blessed you, Dave, and you are <laughs> here past maybe 45, 50 years. And the canal, the spinal canal has gotten narrow, the whole where the nerves come out, has gotten narrow. So when you stand straight up, it hurts and sends pain down your buttocks and legs. And when you lean over, you're opening up the spine. That's why you like that grocery cart. That's why you like sitting. But if you do those knee to chest exercises we talked about on the mat, that would help you with that. But the key is a pain doctor would be able to tell you if there are pain doctor that specializes in physical medicine rehabilitation, pain doctors have different background. But a pain doctor whose base background was physical medicine rehabilitation would be able to tell you the exercises that's specific for your back pain. That's why a lot of people have gone to physical therapy, didn't get better, they had the wrong exercises for their condition. Mm. And that's what's really key. You want to make sure you have the right. And then you asked Adrian, sometimes people need injections. You can have injections that can help with pain. And then there are herbal things that uh, people use, which be a whole nother nother program, but there are some herbals that different people uh, use to help uh, with pain. But when I tell people that I'm not getting a sponsorship from Dollar Tree, you can go right down that aisle at Dollar Tree, and they have a lot of analgesic pads. Third age groups, like my mother's age group, 75 to 80, they like pads and topical things. So they have some topical pads there. They may have lidocaine in them. They may have mm-hmm. something called cap- capsaicin in it. Yes. Uh, they may have a cream that has capsaicin, And capsaicin is what they call Kenyan pepper. Can you have peppers and hot red peppers But if you don't wash your hands and it gets in your eyes, it's going to burn, burn. So make sure if you're using a cream with capsaicin in it that you wash your hands very well before you put on your face or head. But that works well if you have a nerve pain. See, the thing that comes with back pain and these other things is you have to know what are you treating. I say back pain is like making a pie. When you make a pie, you just don't put all sugar in it. It needs nutmeg, it needs cinnamon, it needs eggs, milk. So it depends upon what the pie needs. But when we have back pain, we tend to think all of it just needs a certain pain medicine. If it's inflammation, as you mentioned, Adrian, anti-inflammatory may work well. But if you have numbness and tingling, a lidocaine, one of those patches over the counter that has lidocaine in it, may work well. Or capsaicin may work well for that. You mm-hmm. follow what I'm saying? So yeah, you, have to add, you have to add to the back pain based upon what it needs, just like you would add to the pie. Not just more sugar, did it need flavor. And that's teasing out what my mother hates when I'm saying describe the pain to me. That's what she hates doing, that description. But is that description is the most important thing with you and the doctor so that they know what kind of pain is it Nerve pain, is it right. muscle pain of
1: It's going on? And I'll, I'll say an amen to that. Before you know, I had a lot of pain for many years until one day my orthopedic surgeon, who's done all sorts of procedures and injections, he says, you know, I can't help you anymore. I'm going to prescribe a pain management doctor. I, I right. never really heard of It sounded a little right. scary, and I didn't know what he was going to do. And so I went to see him. He was Korean. He was... Uh, And he just said, uh, um, Okay, I want you to do these exercises. I want you to swim. I want you to, uh, you know, uh, push against the wall and stretch your calves and and this and that. And then uh, that worked for a while, but then uh, he was also able to offer injections, special kinds of injections that the other doctor uh, did not do. He made a little cocktail of things. And then um, he was able to. do a burn burn the nerve in your back that just kept hurting, you know, in your lower back, right. L5, S1. And he was able to burn um, S1, S2, S3 in the facet joint. There was arthritis. He was a right. miracle guy because once he burned those nerves, it stopped hurting. And he did it with right. a needle, a very hot needle. So uh, mm-hmm. I right. am a believer in pain management. They've got a lot of tools in their tool belt to help you.
2: Right, and I'm a pain management doctor as well. How and that's you? what people, yes sir, I am a, a board certified in physical medicine rehabilitation and also in pain medicine. So I do those special injections. And what do I you? tell people is, make sure when you choose your pain doctor, that you just don't get a doctor that just believes in medication. But right, by the right. same token, you don't want to choose a pain doctor that just believes in injections. Right. I think if they do for both things, then you're better going to be able to be helped because then you know you have the best of both worlds. If there's a medication that helps you, if there's an exercise that helps you, or if there's a procedure that helps you. But if they just have one thing in their toolbox, then it's somewhat limited. But see, people just think just because you go, you're going to get a narcotic, and they get afraid of maybe being addicted to a medication. But that's yeah. not what all uh, paying doctors do.
0: And, and
1: I would stay experience. away from. I would stay away from the doctors who don't use, uh, you know, uh, an X-ray as they're giving you the injection, so that they can see where the needle's going, right. exactly where it needs to be, you know, so it hits the nerve, and they're not <laughs> just shooting in the dark. And let's talk about um, uh, anti-inflammatories again, because I I developed a peptic ulcer taking up to 600 milligrams of, um, you know, Advil, uh, anti-inflammatory, ah. <laughs> and I was doing it on a full stomach. I wasn't stupid enough to do it on an empty stomach, and I still developed a, a peptic ulcer, which hurts. It feels like somebody just kicked you in the gut, and it, yeah. when, you, when you eat, the pain goes away, and when you get hungry, the pain comes back, and and you got to nurse that thing and take antacids and, and, acids and And uh, tell us about um, the dangers of getting a peptic ulcer, how to avoid it, and what to do if you have one.
2: Well, the thing about taking the anti-inflammatories, of course, there would be some people maybe uh, as we get older and have had a history of ulcers before, that's going to put us at more risk of maybe having one again. But anyone that can just basically take an anti-inflammatory like you did, Dave, 2 to 4 percent. Of uh, people die from ulcers each year, about sixteen thousand people. Hmm. And so we just can't really say who's going to get it, except like I said, we can look at as you're older, you know, everything increases your risk. Uh, but there are some medications that are made now that comes with uh, protections in them, H2 uh, protectors to help with the stomach. It's kind of like there's one medicine called Duexis, which is basically Motrin, but it's wrapped in a medicine to help protect the stomach, like a pig in the blank, to kind of decrease mm-hmm. the risk of you getting uh, ulcers. The thing about it, we just want to take them as limited as we can, regardless of who we are. We can take the anti-inflammatories, but just not try to take them every day, because the longer you mm-hmm. take it, it can increase your likelihood yeah. of,
1: of getting ulcers. I'm afraid to take things, and I think as a result, my, I've developed a higher tolerance to pain. Is that uh, usually the case?
2: That is uh, uh, the case. And when I tell people that we have to be mindful of what's in our medicine cabinet as well as what the doctor gives us, what a lot of people don't realize, there are over 30 different anti-inflammatories. So mm-hmm. you could be taking Advil, not realize it's the same thing as then going taking take an Aleve and then taking and motion or whatever, all of those are just different names for different anti-inflammatory, X's and uh, revelin and all of those different medicines are at the same time. So sometimes people are taking one medicine and didn't realize they are taking multiple anti-inflammatories. And right. certainly as you increase different ones, you're increasing your likelihood of having an ulcer. So we have to be careful. So we go to the doctor, we want to tell them what we're using from our medicine cabinet, as much as what we tell them it's what's being prescribed for us because it could be one of those medicine cabinet things that's really leading us toward uh, the ulceration because of the amount that we're taking.
1: Well, I can't believe how fast the hour has gone. It has. People are always amazed. Oh, I don't know if I can talk for now. Hey, it goes fast. (laughs) And it really does. We could probably talk for two hours. But, uh, you know, there aren't too many listeners who can sit and listen <laughs> because it would hurt uh, for two hours. So um, <laughs> what is the best way to get a hold of you if people want more information, uh, get enough today? Or they maybe if they're in the Virginia area, they want to come and visit you.
2: If they want to visit me, I'm at the Spine and Orthopedic Pain Center. I have an office in both Norfolk and Chesapeake, Virginia. But do go to my website, www.knockoutpain.com. And you can also sign up for my monthly tips. I give tips on oh. preventing back pain and that's exercises great. and I all think of that. I'll do that. I, I also have a YouTube channel called Dr. Winifred Bragg where I do YouTubes and tell you different things. And I've made a commitment this year to do more of that. So hold me to my commitment. Hold me true to <laughs> it by subscribing. And But right now, you can go through all of those things, and that's free information and, um, you know, that may be to help you. And I also have a book called Knockout Pain, Secrets to Maintain a Healthy Back. And hopefully it may have some tips, some practical tips. It tells you things about how to vacuum. It tells you how to garden because we're now approaching spring soon. And so I have mm. a chapter devoted yeah. to how to prevent back pain when you're gardening and everything. And so it tells you all those different things. That can lead to back pain. I have a chapter of the twelve most common ways you get back pain here in Virginia Beach, lifting up a um, uh, a chest of ice, and those kind of things, or how we're picking up our children or grandchildren. It goes to yeah. those things. But all those kind of things, you can get some free tips that I give you on those on my website and in my uh, on my website. And in those tips that you get from KnockoutPain.com. So just visit those, and then I'd be happy to talk to any of you, and our phone number is 757-333-3360. 757-333-3630.
1: What was the area
2: code? 757-333-3360. Yes, sir.
1: Easy number to remember. Well, thank Bye. you so much for coming on the show. And this is the Caregiver Dave Show. And you can reach me at caregiverdave.com, And we have a free uh, three, actually free gifts on our website just for the asking. Go there and check it out. And Adrian is at uh, Adrian. Our email is adrian at the caregiverspace org, and her website is caregiverspace.org, org. And a great place to have uh, what do you call those things, Adrian? That people go Forums. the chat rooms. Forums, forums and forums, chat rooms. Yeah. Chat rooms. Yeah. Oh. And she's got about a dozen different ones for you know young caregivers, old caregivers, uh, single caregivers, married caregivers, after caregivers, caregivers. caregivers.
0: <laughs> senior caregivers. Yeah. And if there's
1: one that's not for you, just talk to her. She'll make a new one.
0: Exactly.
1: <laughs> and uh, that's it. We'll see you next week. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you, Doctor. Thank you, Adrian. Again. Thank you. Bye bye. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Sometimes it feels like the sun will never rise, like the birds will never sing again.
3: Keep breathing, take it in and let it out, keep breathing.